You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Wednesday. I almost forgot what day it is. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. I am your man on the ground as a whole publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. I'm hoping the audio is a little bit better. I realize the thing is we're still getting this thing dialed in and I listen. I know there's a lot of people out there like get a pop filter. We will eventually. We will eventually. I've got other things to uh, to to get here, but uh, that is on our list of things to get eventually. I got to move the camera again. That's what, just like yesterday. Um, but uh, I realize everything's not exactly dialed in after a couple moves. We're working on it. So we'll get we'll make sure everything sounds a little less hot. I think that maybe today it should be a little bit better. But uh, nonetheless, we are going to get into, and by the way, this is the earliest we've recorded in a very long time. This is the plan, is to be right around now. And I think that uh, that, that will probably work out. Um, so today I want to get into, I just did a piece uh, ranking all 25 freshmen. And we'll, we'll spend a little less time on the the bottom like, we'll, we'll start, we'll do my countdown the same way I did it on Wolverine's Wire. I just put it up on Wolverine's Wire. Uh, what we'll do is we'll do the bottom 15, and then we'll do five and five. And I'll talk a little bit more in depth about what I like about those guys. Now, listen, it's arbitrary to some degree, right? This is just my opinion. I'm going to be wrong, absolutely, 100% certainty with that. Uh, but uh, it's, uh, it, it's something to talk about keep an eye on because now we're a couple weeks removed from the spring game and there's certainly uh, different players that we're high on that are entering their first year and you know that there's going to be at least a couple you know like even 2018 which had a similar class there was three guys there were three guys that were key contributors now were they huge huge contributors not necessarily right like the only one that you could probably say in 2018 was like deep into the season, you really had to rely on him was Jake Moody, but Ronnie Bell and Aiden Hutchinson, of course, uh, got a lot of playing time as well. So there's going to be at least a couple because even in the classes that you kind of you know side eye a little bit, the way that a lot of people look at this 2022 or sorry, 2023 class rather, uh, there's going to be a couple guys that really step up and step in and step out. Um, this last year, obviously, there were there were quite a few guys. Colston Loveland, Mason Graham, Kenneth Grant got a lot of time. Uh, we saw, you know, the it, all three freshman receivers. Well, Marion Walker is obviously now a corner, but we saw him at corner even. Um, you saw some CJ Stokes. So it, it all depends. And then you might have a year like 2016 where you pretty much saw everybody get an opportunity to play as a freshman. So... Again, we don't know, but we can kind of get into it. So let's start with um, the bottom 10. And no offense to those in the bottom. We, all, every single player has untapped potential, you know, because none of them have technically been tapped for an actual game and all of that. But I don't think it should be any surprise that I put all three linemen, offensive linemen, that is, in the bottom three. Because if... Any of the three of them are like out there balling out. <laughs> I mean, not balling out, but out there just in general. Something's gone wrong considering the amount of depth there is on the offensive line. 
So I went in this order. I went Nathan Afobi, who's interior. Certainly there's, you know, there might be a little bit more of an inside track to getting in on the interior. But nonetheless, I, I, I look at Trevor Keegan, Zach Zinter are already there. You got Joel Hadi and Reese Atterbury also in there. There's other guys like Andrew Gentry who you could certainly say are right there, ready to go. Um, but I, I, I just I don't see Nathan Afobi playing in year one, so he's he's my last guy. Likewise, I don't see Evan Link playing in year one, but I had I I put him above strictly based off of. Watching the videos that EJ Holland got of him completely keeping Nicholas Harbor at bay when Nicholas Harbor was an edge rusher. You know, keep in mind, Nicholas Harbor it might be a five-star, but he wasn't a five-star because he was a receiver tight end. He was a five-star because he has elite edge rushing talent, doesn't want to play that position for whatever reason, track and all of that, and ended up uh, at South Carolina because he wanted to be a, have his name called in a different way, um, supposedly. And, but nonetheless, Link kind of showed you like, hey, I can handle, at least at my level, a guy that's considered an elite edge rusher. His time will come. I could see him being that that first round uh, left tackle that Michigan hasn't had in a while. I could see him being that if Ladarius Henderson isn't that or you know someone else that's currently on the roster. But again, if Link is playing in his freshman year, something has gone horribly awry. Next, I put in Amir Herring. He gets the leg up on the others strictly because he's already on campus. He's already gone through a strength and conditioning cycle. He's had the spring game. Some of these guys may be the near two, but it, again, they have an uphill battle. So those are my, my the, they're the bottom three. At number 22, I put Cole Cabana. He would certainly be up way higher on the list, but there are rumors of a relatively devastating injury. Um, been devastating for the time being. I don't know the veracity of those. I haven't checked up on those, but there was a lot of chatter in and around the field that have, especially because Cole Cabana's name was called when Danny Hughes was carrying the ball. Uh, and I was like, oh, oh, okay. I haven't heard anything about him. Um, will he be ready to go by the season? I don't know, but that lack of clarity puts him down in the, near the bottom for me. Also, what keeps him near the box. So to me, he would have been somewhat middling despite his talent because he's more of a lightning running back, which Michigan already has two lightning running backs and another one who seems like he can in CJ Stokes. So getting him on the field in year one, when you're kind of already got similar skill sets, like he's not the same as Blake Corum or Donovan Edwards, certainly. But when you have a similar capability as two guys who are looked at as at the peak of their position, it's chances are they're going to, if they're going to use another running back, it's going to be someone who's going to be, give you a little bit of a change of pace. Spoiler alert. Uh, I put at number 21, Kendrick Bell. Let's see, where are we at? Seven minutes already? Okay. We're not getting through the first. We're not getting through the first uh, 15. That's not happening. <laughs> or first 10. Uh, no, 15. I thought I was going to get through 15. We're only going to get through five, and then I'm just going to have to rat race through the others here. Uh, wait, Kendrick Bell, will end this segment. I have it number 21. Never count out anyone in the Bell family, but the only reason why I'm somewhat counting him out is because he wants to play quarterback. And if you haven't noticed, J.J. McCarthy is the starting quarterback. And then behind him, you have the battle between Jack Tuttle and Davis Warren. 
And then behind them, you have Alex Orgy and Jaden Denegal, who by all uh, reports had a pretty decent camp. It, it It's a position where the only one can get out of the field at a time, and he's got at least four people, if not five or six, ahead of him. Thus, he could see the field early if he decides he wants to play receiver. But right now, he's, he's considered to be a quarterback. So uh, that is where he is and why he's there. All right, we are going to go ahead and move on, and then we'll get to the next 10. That took a lot more time than I thought it was going to. So we'll get to the rest here momentarily. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on to sign up. FanDuel. Official, official partner of Major League Baseball. To some degree, I feel bad for those of you who are listening to the non-ad version of this podcast because I think that my ad reads, they, they create a lot of extra fun that you didn't know you weren't having. My inflections, the weird things that I say in the middle of them, it's fun. All right, let's continue on. I've got way too many, uh, way too many guys here. We're gonna try to get through the. I guess we'll try to do ten and ten. I don't, I don't know if that's gonna give us much, enough time, but we'll see. So at twenty, I have Dewan Waller, cornerback out of Ohio. Um, Jim Harbaugh said some incredible things about him. Rereading what he said after uh, signing day, he said. Uh, well, one thing, one I think one thing Will Johnson shows, and we've all known these long, athletic, tall corners are just so good. Just his unique size with DJ. I mean, he's gonna look like he could be an edge rusher. He's close to six foot four tall. He's a great skill set that's rare for his size. You get tall guys in question, uh, becomes what's their change of direction? Can they flip their hips? He's got unique athleticism for his size. Now, keep in mind that's exactly why they moved Amarion Walker over. But they also moved to Marion Walker, over, which kind of puts him behind the eight ball to some degree. Uh, but he also wasn't an early enrollee like two of the other corners. And I think that all of that kind of puts him down the depth chart. I could see year two him starting to challenge for time. But I don't think that it's going to happen in year one. That's just me. Number 19, I got Breon Ishmael, also from Ohio, linebacker. Uh, again, had a lot of Jim Harbaugh had a lot to say about him in December. He's more of an edge rusher type, uh, but uh, I still uh, I still have him as a linebacker because he's kind of like a Sam linebacker. I just don't see him really seeing the field yet. That's just where I'm at. Uh, 18 is fellow linebacker Hayden Moore. Uh, said Jim Harbaugh says he reminds you a lot of Jimmy Rolder. That could mean he gets on the field a little bit, but I I, I there is something of a log jam at linebacker at the moment, which is kind of weird and rare uh, for Michigan and uh, since Devin Bush left. And uh, just to have a lot of guys that you're looking at and say, hey, that guy could be a real big playmaker. So I have him down at number 18. Number 17, I have Brooks Barr. Played in the Catholic League of Chicago. Um, he's a very versatile player. Can play end, can play tackle. Those are some of Jim Harbaugh's words. Uh, I kind of allude to that in my ranking. Like he's 6'6", 270, according to his last uh, last weigh-in uh, that was put up by 24-7 Sports. 
Uh, but uh, I do think he's behind some of the guys in the interior. His best path to seeing uh, playing time is probably on the outside. Uh, and yet there's a lot of guys playing on the outside. I think he's a guy that we'll probably see at some point this year. I just don't know how much. Like very well, I think you'll see him at least just four games, but I don't know it will be like a crazy number. One of the earlier enrollees, um, not enrollees, but uh, commits. Linebacker Jason Hewlett's my number 16. Uh, I saw him at uh, the spring game uh, on the sidelines. Jim Harbaugh had said in December he just looked like a linebacker. I can attest to that. Um, And uh, he missed his entire junior year and was very productive at senior season, Jim Harbaugh noted. Um, and, uh, it will be interesting to see if he can kind of work his way in again. I'm, there's only one linebacker. I'm kind of giving some credence to, we'll get to them in a moment. Uh, I think that he's probably a little bit more behind the eight ball again, because you've got junior Colson, Ernest Hausman, uh, Michael Barrett, Jaden hood. I mean, I'm not in order here. Uh, Jimmy Rolder and, uh, I'm, I'm missing somebody. I know you're all probably screaming <laughs> over who, who's the other one? Kyle Green. There we go. I, I think it's more again year two, year three for him. Number fifteen, I put in uh, edge rusher Imeric Kumba uh, because I think that uh, he's listen. He's raw. That's the thing about Kumba. Chances are he's not seeing the field this year in any capacity. But I give him a little bit of leeway because he was an early enrollee. I mean, Jim Harbaugh even flat out said, yeah, he's raw. But, it, you know, some guys come along really fast. We didn't really see him in the spring game. Uh, I don't believe we saw him at all. I don't remember seeing him whatsoever. I'm just going to double check the participation report if I can here. But I don't believe we saw him at all. We did not. Um, do they have a flat out participation report with all the names. I don't know that they do. If they do, nope, they don't. Not like a normal, not like a normal game where you get that. Um, sometimes they, they tell you everybody who played in the game. Doesn't look like that's there. Nonetheless, um, I could see it, you know, there being some kind of situation in which they use him. I think it's unlikely, but I still put him at number 15 just because by virtue of him enrolling early. Number 14, I put Cam Calhoun. I would have guessed after he had his pick six in day one of spring practice that he might be up a little bit higher, but didn't really do much in the, uh, in the spring game. Uh, so that kind of made me think, oh, maybe no. I don't actually know that we saw him. I don't know that, we, that he played. And that's the fact that I don't know if he played or whatever. I mean, that kind of tells you. So I'm looking, I'm looking up and down the list of guys who had tackles. He's not listed, but that doesn't mean he didn't play, right? So, um, and I, I, I never got around to rewatching the game since I've been moving and still am every day a little bit. But uh, I think that uh, he's probably, he's got an opportunity because of the position. And, uh, but I still think that he's probably a year or two out. That's going to be my guess on that. All right. So, moving on to number 13. Cameron Brandt, the who I completely forgot about when I was like putting this together. I'm like, who, who is that? I totally forgot about him flipping National Signing Day proper from uh, from Stanford. But uh, he had some pretty impressive offers. He had the the, the power groups out of uh, he had USC, UCLA, Washington, Oregon. 
the, the types of schools that you want if you are a West Coast kid. Um, I, I don't know that he's necessarily, especially as a guy who's arriving late, is that he's going to have that opportunity. He was a three-star in the composite, 24-7 sports proprietary, had him as a four-star. Again, you know, I'm sure that they're still just looking to get rotation guys. I think he'll probably get his four games, maybe some special teams. I'm not 100% certain that he's going to replicate what Mason Graham, who also played football in California, despite being from Hawaii. Um, I, I don't know that he's going to... Uh, that he's necessarily going to replicate that type of trajectory, but it's certainly possible. So I put him kind of middle of the pack, like actually literal middle of the pack. Number 12, I have Samaj Bridgman. I think if any of the linebackers can break through and, and have that Jimmy Roller type um, participation level, uh, I think it's going to be Bridgman. Uh, I think he's uh, he's got the size, 6'2", 230 pounds. He's got the capability. He played at a, at a good high school, even tap out of, Philadelphia, uh, as Jim Harbaugh said, he's big, long, physical, and athletic, and can run. And uh, I, I just think that that's, um, that's the type of thing that you want to see. And it's just going to be a matter of how quickly can he learn the playbook and acclimate. Last one of this segment, Deacon Tonielli. I opted to put Deacon Tonielli behind Zach Marshall strictly because he wasn't on campus for spring ball. Colston Loveland, who Jim Harbaugh compared him to, at least got to uh, participate in spring ball last year, which kind of put him ahead of the curve. But tight end, obviously, is a relatively deep group, somewhat unproven to some degree. But, I mean, Colston Loveland, A.J. Barner are your starters. You're going to see definitely some Max Bredesen and Matthew Hibner. Uh, would not be surprised if we saw some uh, Marlon Klein as well. Uh, and then you can put Deacon Tony Ellie and Zach Marshall and see where they go from there. Not really sure, but uh, getting a Colston Loveland comparison means you might see the, the fielder sooner than later. So I have him in the top half as a result. All right, we're going to continue on with the top 10 here in just a moment. It is literally noon at the time that I'm recording this at the moment. I'm being on camera at noon. Talking before noon, I mean, if, if you're an OG Locked on Wolverines listener when we were audio only. I used to, I, I, I don't, I, I felt like I was more capable <laughs> of doing this before. I think my insomnia wasn't nearly as bad. But I used to roll out of bed and record it at like 9 a.m. every single morning. Just completely unkempt. No one had to see me. Now that's not the case. So uh, I'm not saying that I'm kempt at noon today. Nonetheless, we're, we're, again, we, the, this is the goal, is we want these to come out somewhere between the noon and one area every day. It will on audio, on video, it will take a little bit longer. But that, this is the goal. We'll see if that, uh, how much that uh, continues. Tomorrow, maybe not, because it's the mailbag, which, by the way, get your questions in. I'll put out the call on Twitter by the uh, time that this posts. Um, that there's enough questions and we've got all of our leaders and best in Victor's Valiant in, then maybe we'll, maybe we'll try to roll for an earlier one and just get back to the way things were pre pandemic. So that would be nice. Number 10, I have Zach Marshall. Uh, he, I, again, I don't, I don't believe he participated in the spring game. I think he was in street clothes. If memory serves here, uh, he, he didn't register on the, uh, on the list of, 
targets or pass catchers or anything like that. So I'm pretty sure I saw him in street clothes. Again, it's, it's a lot to try to remember when you got like all 130 guys out on the field. But um, yeah, I, I think by him enrolling early, that helps him over Deacon Tonielli. I guess it would be a question, is Deacon that much better of a player to be able to see the field year one? Um, Jim Harbaugh noted his youth, kind of likened him to Rod Moore of like, hey, if he was like a year older, he'd be we'd be talking about him a lot differently than being a three-star from Carlsbad, California. Right, so um, I have him at number 10. Harbaugh said a lot about him. Number nine, this is a guy that I think will definitely exceed his ranking here. I have Carmelo English, wide receiver out of Alabama. The only reason why he is so low is because he did not enroll early, and it seems like the the freshman receivers that end up being, uh, and I couldn't overlook this, that end up being main participants their first year tend to be early enrollees. Think think back to 2017. Tariq Black and Donovan Peoples-Jones on the field early and often. Who wasn't? Nico Collins. Two of them enrolled early, but one didn't. Neither did Oliver Martin. So, usually, the guys that are going to end up getting on the field as receivers earlier tend to be early enrollees. So that, that, to me, is kind of a knock on English. But I think he has the body type. He's what, 5'11", 175? I, I could see them finding ways to get him involved, but considering what they've said about the others, the other two who are clearly ahead of him here, I, I don't know. Plus, it, there, there's a lot of guys with untapped potential. Darius Clemens, Tyler Morris, guys you expect to be you know, key players, and then they're, even those guys are behind Roman Wilson, Cornelius Johnson. But I, you know, I, I just watched Josh Pate last night, and it was from right after the spring game. It was just a clip on Michigan, and he said, what Michigan has at receiver is a bunch of guys who'd be really good two, three, four receivers at a national championship winning school, but not a number one. So maybe they're looking for somebody still, right? Maybe Carmelo English could come in and be that guy. I don't know. My number eight is Brandon Hillman. The latest edition of the 2023 class was... Signed to Notre Dame and flipped, projects as a safety. Uh, I I I don't really know that he that means that he's going to be a guy. I think it's more like the safeties that, especially considering that's got a three headed monster starting. You've got a bunch of guys behind him: Zeke Barry, Keon Sab, uh, Quinton Johnson, Caden Colasar. It's a deep group, and they're only going to really have two guys on the field at a time. I think Brandon Hillman will probably go the special teams route and probably play every game. I think that he's that type of guy. So he, I think, will be productive in terms of he'll be a special teams guy. So that's why I have him at number eight, because I think he's got the talent. They want to get him on the field, get him acclimated to the game. I don't know. Maybe they slow roll it with having so many guys. But this is Rod Moore's year, third year. Makari Page is a senior. Um, RJ Moten's a senior. And But, you know, you, you've got... Uh, two second-year guys in Keon and Zeke. So I think the question is, do you want to get Hillman ready to go now, or do you want to get him, you know, pulled off? Michigan always seems like they just want to go ahead and get guys ready to go right now, so that's where I'm at with that. Number seven is Samaj Morgan. He, I thought, was going to be the more productive receiver of the freshman in the spring game, uh, and he didn't uh, have anything, right? I believe he had a target and no catches. Yes, correct. 
for all of the talk of the receivers, the freshman receiver, Samaj Morgan was the one who got all of the talk pretty much. And uh, we didn't see it in, in the spring game. Now it's just one scrimmage, right? It doesn't really matter, but I still think, and I still think he is going to burn his red shirt and be a big part of this team this year, especially he's a little bit more diminutive. He could really take up that Ronnie bell role. And I think that he has some explosion uh, that, uh, that they need. But there's also guys ahead of him. I didn't even mention A.J. Henning when I mentioned all those receivers, which is a sad state of affairs. Number six, I have Eno Etta, edge rusher from Texas, Coleyville, Texas. I just see him as uh, being this year's Derek Moore. I think they're going to work him in right away. I think he can have an impact right away. The only detriment that he has compared to Derek Moore is, again, he didn't enroll early. So if he would have enrolled early, I think it would have happened. But Jim Harbaugh noted... Uh, in his college career, over 100 tackles, 34 tackles for loss and 20 sacks. That's insane. Or that's just last year. Sorry, that's just last year. He said he had over 60 sacks in his four years of high school. So he's a guy that I think is absolutely getting on the field in key moments, not burning his red shirt, or sorry, is burning his red shirt and is going to definitely be a force. But it might, it, it might not look pretty because he didn't have the benefit of you know, 15 practices plus three bowl prep or we were a week of bowl prep or whatever it was. And, um, and, uh, all of that. So he comes in in the summer does summer conditioning, fall camp and right to work. Non-conference helps him out though. And they need pass rushers to step up. So I think he is in prime position. He very well could have been my number one. Oddly, I have Trey Pierce ahead of him at number five. Partially because seeing him at person in person, and you can just look at the picture that I posted on the uh, on the site. Trey Pierce already looks like he is a like junior. <laughs> he is a big dude. I, I I've long been saying since his commitment, like you know, I, I think he's going to be a year one guy. I really do. Michigan suddenly not afraid to put out freshman defensive tackles. Kind of rare. Right, but Mason Graham and Kenneth Grant. Mason was really good last year. Kenneth Grant had his moments. Um, and certainly he's going to be behind them, Rayshon Benny and Chris Jenkins. Chris uh, Jenkins even, I think, saw some time in year one. I, I just think that he's going to be another guy that he at least gets his four games, if not maybe like six. I think he's going to work in because they're just, I think they're just going to try to cycle these guys in, get them ready, and then have like, Back to the old Greg Madison days where it's like they are just six deep on the interior. I really could see that being the case. And I think Trey Pierce is just really going to be very good. Number four, I have Jair Hill, cornerback. Uh, we, we've talked about him extensively. I, again, I think that he's a, he's a guy that they're just going to try to get on, onto the field. I think it will look very similar to how they used Will Johnson last year. I still think that they'll end up putting him into the slot every now and again, just because I feel like that's what Michigan does. Uh, they didn't do it with Will Johnson, but they did, they did it with Dax Hill. Start getting him in the slot and stuff like that, working him in. I could just see a situation by like week five, you're like, oh, he's he's actually out there quite a bit, and then by the end of the year, you're like, he's really, you know, he's he's really splitting snaps with like Mike Sanders still. I still think Sanders still would get most of them, and Jair Hill might not be in the Ohio State game nearly as much first for instance but i think that they they obviously want a very good deep rotation and steve Klinkscale has been amazing my number three because we're running out of time here is frederick moore 
He obviously was the most impressive receiver in the game outside of uh, Peyton O'Leary. He, I think, still needs to add a little bit more size. But again, like I said about Michigan looking for uh, receivers to step up, I'm still pretty high on him. I've seen some other outlets say like, uh, oh, he's probably going to be, you know, red shirt type. You know, we don't really we're not really going to see him. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think that you're going to see him uh, burn his red shirt. He's going to get in quite a bit now. If he doesn't, it's because the guys around him, that are the younger guys, uh, end up uh, really stepping up their game. So we'll see. My number two is kicker, Adam Samaha. You're 100%, I would imagine, going to see him. <laughs> He's Because uh, I don't think they're going to put everything on Tommy Doman, right? I think that you're going to see uh, Doman get at least, you know, he's obviously going to be the punter. Might kick the field goals. It'd be kind of similar to Jake Moody as a true freshman came in and was the kickoff guy until uh, week 12 against Indiana when suddenly he was out there kicking field goals because Quentin Nordine uh, had the yips at the moment. But I think Adam Samaha is 100% going to burn his red shirt. He's 100% going to be involved. So he's my number two because I think he's going to be a key part. I think he's definitely going to do kickoffs. I could see him also doing field goals, at least by the season's end. My number one, no surprise if you've been watching and listening to the show lately, is Benjamin Hall. I am very high on Benjamin Hall. I've been very high on Benjamin Hall. He's a different style of running back than uh, than Blake and Donovan uh, or even Kalel to some degree. He's got vision. He's got burst. He's got speed. He's got strength. He's got a little bit of everything. And I think that there is, uh, while there are guys ahead of him, I could see him cementing himself as the, th- the third back. And I feel bad for CJ Stokes, but he's just a different type of player. He's got that, as Mike Hart said, that uh, Hassan Haskins, Kevin Grady to him. And I think that that is a way to keep Blake Corum a bit fresh. Donovan Edwards a bit fresh is to, uh, to utilize him a little bit more. All right, we are overtime. Not going into overtime. We are overtime. But that'll do it for this episode. Tomorrow is the mailbag, so please get your questions in on Twitter. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We will be back on Thursday. Peace.